Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A desire to bring the truth to the forefront and a refusal to back down. The Roy Green Show continues. Been, uh, we've been pretty naive, I think, as Canadians thinking that, you know, when it comes to our federal elections, everything is on the up and up, or maybe there's a little bit of cheating here and there, but, you know, it all balances out. We look at the election results and sometimes we say, how did that happen? And then we go on our way. Well, Vivian Krauss has done a well, it's doing this country a tremendous service with the research that she is conducting on money that is coming into this country in saddlebags. Uh, for the eco-groups that are opposing the pipelines, and there's money coming into this country from organizations in the United States and perhaps beyond where they want to influence our Canadian elections. And I'm looking at a story from the Vancouver Sun, uh, published Tuesday, May 23. 2017. It reads in part, and I think they're quoting the Calgary Herald here, a report entitled Elections Canada Complaint Regarding Foreign Influence, quote, alleges third parties worked with each other, which may have bypassed election spending limits, all of which appears to be in contravention of the Canada Elections Act. The report submitted by Canada Decides, a registered society with three listed directors, including Joan Crockett, a former conservative MP for Calgary Centre, who lost her seat to Liberal Kent Hur, went on to say the, quote, outcome of the 2015 election was skewed by money from wealthy foreigners, end quote. Uh, it said during the 2015 election, U.S.-based Tides Foundation donated $1.5 million to Canadian third parties and um, registered charities, a little further on in the story, are only allowed to spend a maximum of 10% of their revenues on so-called political activity that is related to their cause. So if you're a rich person or if you represent an organization that has a vested interest in something happening, you could get into some backdoor lobbying by illegal lobbying, by hurling huge amounts of money at Canadian uh groups, as I understand it, and here's where I start to get wobbly on my basic knowledge of this, but that money would be directed by the Canadian organizations, received from overseas or from the United States, and used to influence the election. Vivian Krauss knows this better than anyone. She's the researcher, and we're so, as I said before, we're very lucky to have her. She's done all the research on the money that's coming into this country to fund eco-groups that don't want the pipelines. And now Vivian's talking to us about the money that's come in 
to, to affect elections. Vivian, thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for coming back on the program. And are we talking about, in some cases at least, the same organizations that are providing, that are bringing money into Canada? Yes, we are. Hey, and thanks for having me back, Roy. That's, I think, the, the most important thing to, to recognize here is that the elections activism is not separate from the anti-pipeline campaign. In fact, it's part of it, that the groups that were funded to, to get voters to the polls to try and vote out the Conservatives, that was funded as part of the anti-pipeline campaign. Okay? That's the thing that I think is most significant. You have a lot of sort of progressive foundations that are funding the anti-pipeline campaign, and they're funding a, a, a wide range of, of what I think are good causes, things like uh, ending violence against women ending discrimination, ending racism, um, fighting the, ending the death penalty, and, and a, lot of, a lot of other things that I think a lot of people would agree with. And, but it's not as if they were trying to influence our federal election in order to further those causes. No, that's not what this was about. This was specifically about the anti-pipeline campaign. It was defeating the Conservative Party of Canada because it supported pipelines, that would break the U.S. monopoly on our oil. That is the reason. And that, I think, is why this elections um, activism is so objectionable. And it would be no matter which country was funding it. Yeah. So when the uh, federal election of 2015 was about halfway through, the Liberal Party and Justin Trudeau were still in third place. They were behind the Conservatives. They were behind the NDP. They were in third place. And then they made this miraculous jump, even 48 hours before the vote, there was some this question. There were lots of stories, news, news stories. I don't know, who's going to win? Will it be a minority government? Will it be a majority government? Did how Describe first how the money comes into the country and how it's put to use to affect a, f- a federal or a provincial election. Sure. So um, just, just to, if I could just clarify something I, I said um, be, before your question, Roy. I, I said, you know, that I, I think this campaign is objectionable no matter which country funds it. But I, I want to I clarify that. I don't mean to suggest that this was funded by the U.S. government. I think this is a very important distinction between the situation we have in, in Canada with these U.S.-backed groups or U.S.-funded uh, groups versus the situation in, in the United States. In our case, I don't see that any evidence that this was directed by the U.S. government. On the contrary, this was funded, this elections activism is funded by a group of private charitable foundations and i it, they do have links to the u.s government they are part of an umbrella organization that was created by the u.s government but i think it's an important distinction to make so that we don't give a, a false uh, impression that in fact this is u.s government meddling in canada's federal election sure so we're talking about registered charities yes that receive charitable foundations okay and it's it, is it is it canadian registered charitable foundations Receiving money from the United States or American foundations moving money into Canada? It's American charitable foundations, which, by the way, are not allowed to fund elections activism in any country. This, this, they, it's, it, this is, is what they're doing, as far as I can tell, um, is illegal. That, um, and in fact, it, there are many documents that, in, that they refer to. Uh, for example, the executive director of the American organization that, as far as I can tell, is the parent organization of lead now he he says in in he said in a job description for example that his organization keeps a very low profile that you won't find much about it on google because of the sensitivity of its political activity 
So even by their own admission, they're trying to keep, they, they try to keep, and I quote, a low profile. So just to answer, to get back to finally answering your question. So what we've seen is that in the United States, there's a long history of environmental groups getting involved in Canadian elections and trying to bring into power governments that will enact their policies and the type of regulations that they want for protecting the environment, which is fine, actually. I think that that makes sense. Most most um, sort of advocacy groups want governments who will enact policy that favors their, their position. But what we see here is that the funders of environmental activism in Canada, which, by the way, you know, going back 20 20 years, there's been a, a large amount of American money that has funded the environmental movement. And going back 20 years, even as, you know, well, not quite 20, but say going back to 2001, 2002, there was already money coming in 15 years ago to create in Canada an organization that is similar to the League of Conservation Voters in the U.S. And in British Columbia, for example, we have an, or, uh, an entity it's a, called Organizing for Change. It's a project of Tides Canada Foundation. It's run out of the Tides Canada Initiative Society. It's U.S. funded. It's funded by American charitable organizations. And in every British Columbian provincial election, also in municipal elections, and also in the federal election, it's active to try and bring into power and defeat politicians and parties um, whose, whose policies are not supported by these U.S. funded activist groups. Okay, let me take a quick break. When we come back, I'll ask Vivian Krauss about the involvement of CRA, Canada Revenue Agency, and Elections Canada, and what we as uh, Canadians and voters can do and also should be doing, because this is these are our elections. And we want them to turn out in a manner that it re- represents and reflects what Canadians expect to happen on election night. We'll come back. He never stops to conclusions. This is the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at Roy I'm on Twitter at the Roy Green Show and follow. At Fair Questions on Twitter, that's Vivian Krause's Twitter account. Follow at Fair Questions. You'll find out so much about what's going on. And particularly uh, now as we're talking about the elections in this country, and frankly, people are trying to buy our elections. So, uh, Vivian, let me ask you about CRA, Canada Revenue Agency. We've talked about them a fair bit on this program recently. So... We know how much money that registered charities can uh, can can uh, put toward of the total revenue toward election contributions. But what was the outcome of the audits conducted by CRA of the political activities of registered charities? Well, this is, I think, such an important uh, matter here, Roy, and I'm glad you asked about it. Because really, un- the, as, as I see it, the, the protecting the integrity and the, so- the sovereignty of our elections starts with the Canada Revenue Agency. It's the charities directorate that has to ensure that charities are not misused, uh, especially not misused to Canadianize foreign funds. That's the problem that I'm seeing, is that charities are being used um, simply to take in money, and then it becomes, for purposes of uh, Canada elections, it's Canadian when it is then regranted to another organization. 
So as long as the CRA lets these charities exist that are funding elections activism, there's really, as far as I can tell, there's really not much that Elections Canada can do to stop it. So the problem needs to be, the problem that I see it is I, I see clearly that the Charities Directorate is not enforcing the law. It is not enforcing the Income Tax Act, specifically the clause in the Income Tax Act that specifies that the activities of charities need to be exclusively charitable. There's been so much discussion about, you know, whether charities can do 10% or 20% uh, political activity, but that, that whole discussion has been on the wrong tangent because... Charities are only allowed to do 10 to 20% political activity if it furthers a charitable purpose. If it doesn't, then the allowable percentage of charitable political activity isn't 10 or 20%, it's zero. That's the thing. We've been putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. We need to talk about what constitutes charity, what is allowable charitable activity, and what isn't. And the charities that are conducting activities that are not charitable should be shut down. And it shouldn't take the CRA five years to do it. No, and if and if it's not done, then the the loophole, or at least the door, remains open for the kinds of interference that we've uh, that we've been talking about. Now, yeah. the, the CRA is not the only player in the game. Elections or Canada elections is as well. And I know you made uh, submissions uh, to Canada elections, and and uh, you weren't the only one, but you made substantial submissions. And we'll ask you where. Our listeners can can uh, can read them in a moment. But what happened as far as contacting Canada Elections or elections? It's Canada Elections, not Elections Canada, right? Yes. Okay, I keep wanting yeah. to say Elections Canada. I know it's kind of confusing. No. You've got Elections Canada, which runs the election, and then you've got Canada Elections, which deals with complaints. The commissioner deals with complaints, Monsieur Yves Côté. Okay, so what did so. what did you let them know, and and how did they respond? What was their reaction? What did they do? Well, what happened is, um, you know, uh, Joan Crockett, out of the blue, submitted a report in the spring of last year. Uh, but she didn't release the whole report to the public. So there couldn't be a proper open discussion about the merits of the report, any of the evidence that was presented, etc. And and the whole thing kind of uh, had a dead cat bounce because, you know, there were a couple of media stories on it, but there it. It didn't, wasn't, there wasn't a sustained, a proper discussion of it. And most importantly, there was nothing conclusive that came out of that. So what happened is when she, when she submitted her report and there was a little bit of media coverage, I could tell right away that without a publicly available set of documents that everybody can lay their eyes on, and every, so everybody is discussing the same thing, it wasn't going to go anywhere. So I submitted all, all of what I had been working on. I put eight months into this during 2016. And so I just, you know, hurriedly within a week kind of finalized what I had and sent it to Canada Elections. And I just let what I felt was due process take place. I submitted it. And then sure enough, in August, late August of 2017, I, I got a phone call. And they, you know, sent out two investigators in September. And of course, you know, put me on the record, tape recorders and, and so forth. And I, you know, answered their questions. It took about four hours. And, um, you know, we went through all the various documents, and I must say I, I was very impressed, the thoroughness with which the investigators had gone through my submission I, was very impressive. Um, but, you know, it was interesting because at the end of it, they said, uh, I might add, once the tape recorders were off, that, you know, they're frustrated. The investigators were frustrated because they said, we can only enforce the law. We can't change the law. 
And, you know, there are loopholes in, in the Canada Elections Act at the moment that um, one of the problems is that there's a list of things for which you must report the spending. And then below that, there's a, uh, it says now the following items you do not need to report spending on. And that's all the stuff that counts. It's all the online stuff, creation of websites, you know, and a whole bunch of things. So what we've got right now are requirements that are 20 years out of date because so much of elections uh, activism is now online. And the Elections Act needs to be brought up to date in, in keeping with how elections today are fought. So this is now a, a call to the people of Canada to get involved, get engaged, because otherwise you're counting on political parties to do it for you, and you can't do that. Yeah, I think what we need, what we need now, Roy, is, uh, is, is media coverage. You know, the, the media needs to, they're the ones who can, can get some answers here. I, you know, when I started this work seven years ago, I started, you know, my blog, my Twitter account is Fair Questions because I didn't have the answers. I was concerned about what I thought might happen based on what I had seen happen with the salmon farming industry in British Columbia. And I saw that the same foundations using the same strategies, same tactics, in many cases, the same individuals, even the same scientific journals, they were turning their sights on Alberta oil. And I thought, oh, no, this is not going to be good. If they do to Alberta oil, Canada's single most important economic export, if they do that, what they did to farm salmon, make it look like, you know, the baloney of the energy market or the seafood counter, we're going to be in trouble. And so that's why I started looking at this. But seven years down the road, we have answers to a lot of the questions that and the concerns that I had seven years ago. The answers are now clear. In fact, some of them are crystal clear. So now it's time for action. But we're only going to get, you know, the type of, of action that we need if our elected officials raise this. Our members of parliament need to raise this in the House of Commons. That's where the discussion needs to happen. And okay. if, they far, if they start doing that, then the media will cover it. And then I think we will get some answers out of the CRA and Canada election. We have about 30 seconds left. For people to go to find what you submitted, for people to find your information, your blog, where do they go? You can just Google me. Google Vivian Fair Questions. You should get my blog. It's called Rethink Campaigns. On Twitter, I'm uh, at Fair Questions, and I just tweeted a bunch of stuff, Roy, that, you know, links to specific documents that people can, can take a peek at. Okay. That's great. At Fair Questions, and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be asking you back on this program regularly. Oh, that's great, Roy. Thanks, so, thanks very much. Well, thank you for what you're doing for all of us, Vivian. Oh, I, mean, I know God. you did it alone for a long time. <laughs> and now finally, yeah, and now finally, there are people are sitting up and saying, wait a minute, this is important material. It's really important stuff for all of us. Vivian yeah. Krauss, at Fair Questions on, uh, on Twitter, and you can just uh, Google, at Vi or Google Vivian Krauss and Fair Questions, and you'll find the information. Thanks, Vivian. Thank you so much. We'll come back with the beauties and a special guest for the beauties.